This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 350. Nathan Gist on the Hypnotic Hero's Journey. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Welcome back to the program, and yes, indeed, welcome to episode number 350. We have been doing this for a while, and on this rather special Work Smart Hypnosis podcast episode, I wanted to share the stage with someone very specifically that chances are you don't know, or more likely, let's phrase it this way, you don't know him yet, yet by the time you're done with this episode with Nathan Gist, and in fact, next week once again, because we've separated this one into a very special two-part series. This week, it's Nathan on the Hypnotic Hero's Journey, and... um act surprise next week when you see him back once again for number 351 on scaling beyond success. I've known Nathan for going on about maybe seven or eight years at this point, and he's someone who came in ready to go to his initial training, jumped into the business side of things, and uh, as you'll hear him tell the story, for those of you inside of my hypnotic business systems community, he was actually in the room when we filmed the first version of that. So that's how far we go back. And what you're going to hear inside of Nathan's story, and both this week as well as next week, is kind of that bell curve that we all really should be striving toward, that place where, yes, it all begins a little bit more active in terms of what we're doing to become skilled as hypnotists and even what we're doing to become effective business owners. But then over time... We have enough of a digital footprint, we have enough of a raving fan base that now the business really begins to run itself. And Nathan tells that story here almost apologetically for the fact that, uh, you know, there he is running a, you'll hear the numbers, rather successful business and not really having to work at it. Something to also take note here, and I love this aspect of Nathan, and this is Part of the reason why I wanted to share his story with you on this highlighted episode of number 350. Technically, his hypnosis practice is part-time. Yeah, he has another full-time job that he absolutely loves. And stick through this episode. There are some incredible insights and some rather personal stories attached to that as well. But to see how here's someone who, by putting forth, let's say, the right effort. Oh, wait a minute. Rather than working hard, oh, wait, he's working smart. Oh, we should do something with that. Oh, wait, we have 350 times. Uh, But the idea of working intelligently in terms of what he's doing to drive the business, getting rather more focused in terms of what he does best, and I'm going to let the rest of this conversation really stand for itself. Uh, For more like this, you can head over to the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 350. That's where you'll find that'll redirect over to the show notes. And while you're there too, we'll put in two special links to take a look at. One would be worksmarthypnosislive.com. This is the online version of the exact same training that Nathan went through and you hear where he is now. So if you're not yet getting the results that you would like with your clients, or if you're brand new to hypnosis and looking for a training that not only will give you the knowledge, but also the skill set to really dive in and make this stuff work, check out WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com. Same goes for the side of the business, where we have Hypnotic Business Systems. 
Com. There's no need to have to struggle. There's no need to have to reinvent the wheel. Not only will you learn what I've done to make it work, as well as the formulas inside of the business process, even better, it's going to give you direct access to a community of more than a thousand hypnotic professionals all around the world who are there to answer your questions, support you, and also ratify, look, here's what's working right now. Just do it. Uh, as a preview, stick forward to episode number 352 someone who's relatively brand new in hypnosis and the incredible story in terms of what she's doing and making it work right away. This is our theme of episodes really for the rest of this year, and I'm excited to have you hear these. So let's kick this off right. Here we go. Episode number 350, Nathan Gist on the Hypnotic Hero's Journey. So I'm here with Nathan Gist, and uh, Nathan, what was that first introduction into hypnosis for you? Well, in all sincerity, it started out when the alien spacecraft landed in the backyard, and I, they began to tell me. <laughs> now, you know what? Uh, people ask me that question all the time, and one of the big things with it is that I would see people like Tony Robbins or Jim Rohn or these fantastic speakers, and it looked like they would have this conversation with somebody. And in a matter of minutes, there was some profound life-changing breakthrough. And I remember looking at that and I'm thinking, what is that? Like, that's not magic. There's gotta be something there. And as I begin to dig in, I begin to find things about NLP, right? Neuro-linguistics programming, conversational hypnosis. And so after that, I was just completely hooked. And it was like, all right, whatever this is, I wanna figure out how to do it. And that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Awesome. So then along that journey, would you say some of it was more self-taught in the beginning or what were some of those steps that you took to, to get up and running well, then? And in all sincerity, man, I, I started Googling and of course I found you. I saw Virginia hypnosis and I'm like, huh, that's right around the corner. Let me go check this out. And so booked the classes and got in there. And actually, before I took your class, I saw uh, it, was, it was Sean Michael Andrews. Yeah. And, and I got to do that. It was instant hypnosis. And I, I'm in this class and I got all these people who have all this experience and all this stuff. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, OK, <laughs> Jason said this was going to be good for me. <laughs> uh, and, but it was it began to show me that this stuff can work and the different strategies and different ways that people could use it. I uh, got introduced to the Yeoman technique and got to introduce to, um, you know, just Sean Michael Andrews. And, and it was just it was exciting to see that there was a whole community of people who are out there to do good in a really extraordinary way. This is where some people are now starting to realize that you and I have known each other for what, like seven, eight years now? That it's was about eight years, yeah. I brought in Sean from Germany in 2013, and then I think the trainings were 2014. Mm. And this is an amazing segue, by the way. How tall are you? 6'1". Okay, yeah. Stop that. Uh, and I bring this up because <laughs> we have um, somewhere on my hard drive, you were doing a standing instant induction uh, with she had to have been 4'11". Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just about had to like fall over. <laughs> I remember the whole time thinking, God, somebody please protect her. <laughs> Tim Burr. <laughs> but she did great. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here is to kind of talk through, because you're one of those people who has absolutely made it work. And there's something you revealed to me before we jumped in. And we might end up splicing this episode to be a two-parter here because we've got some sure. time and you've done some really cool things with, with all of this. So let's go a little bit more in order here. 
what were some of those steps that you took after a training to then get up and running and then, you know, start to actually see clients? Yeah. So that was straight up hustle. It was absolutely whatever I could do to get out there because it was one of these conversations where the job that I was working at, I was, I was clearly not making enough. And I told my wife, this is something that I want to do. This is something I want to pursue. And literally it was on the credit card and it was like, all right, I have to make this work for my family and I. And so in the beginning, it was straight up hustle. It was, I created meetup groups, uh, every single networking group I could possibly find, I went and did. I mean, I think there were days that I did a breakfast one, a lunch one, and an afternoon one or evening one, whatever I could possibly do to get out there. And it was learning things that I didn't know how to, how to do. That was the biggest part too, is getting past the excuses. I didn't know how to do the website and I started doing stuff on the website. Uh, right? Like, how do I hold these things? How do I host these things? But I just did it. And a big part of it was following the plans that you set out as well. I mean, I'm sorry, but your stuff works. So there you go. <laughs> and, and it was just great because well, I got you. to see and learn from your experience at that time. And plus some of the folks that I got to talk to in these meetup, meetup groups as well. But in all sincerity, I know people talk about, oh, you got to do passive income and you got to do this and you got to do this. No, you're going to have to bust your butt to get it done. But then you will see the fruits coming after that as well. That was something that before we jumped in here, you and I were chatting about that there's, yes, there's the allure. Yes, there's the sexiness of the set it and forget it. And now everything's right. running on its own. Part of my story, that wasn't there at the beginning. And no. the reality is kind of like what you were doing with the networking and getting out there. That's where we actually have to get good at this in terms of even our messaging. How do I, how do I talk about what I do so people actually understand it, understand yeah. that, no, it wasn't the aliens in your backyard. Uh, oh, wait, that, <laughs> we'll edit that out later. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the moment, talking about it in a way that people actually respond, you yeah. know, and I know you've been doing videos over the years too, and it's the stuff I'm sure that once you got the messaging right, once you found your version of a lot of the messaging, then that's what you were capturing and that's how we'll talk about this cool statistic of yours in a bit, uh, but that's how the business started to get that momentum up and running, right? It really is. And it, it had to become part of my language as well. And I think that that's what I appreciate about all the networking meetings that I went to is because it had to make, I had to be concise about the language that I had. You know, sometimes you get 60 seconds, you got two minutes to talk about your business and it had to be compelling enough to draw the people in. Now, what was really cool is that about five or six months after doing those networking meetings and that kind of thing, there was one that I remember sitting down to and I'm looking around the table and I had hypnotized about half or if not more than half of the people in that room as actual clients, not just, oh, let me try to do this for fun or get some practice. They were paid people. And it's just neat to see how, yeah, you got to hustle. You got to have your messaging. You got to make sure that you're believing this and you got to deliver the product to make sure you're getting the results for people as well. You realize you just set yourself up, right? For awesomeness? Well, our next guest is uh, Nathan, and in the next minute, he's going to explain to us exactly what is hypnosis and how he's a resource in our local area. Everybody, here's Nathan. <laughs> Dance. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's, let, let's role play it for a moment. You're, you're at that networking event. And I know this was part of your startup story and it may not necessarily be what you're doing exactly right now, but can you give us like an example of what you would often do when you only had that, that 60 seconds to create that impact? Sure. So let me tell you about Susan. Susan is an amazing part of her community. 
She is the first one who is dropping off food when somebody's sick. She's there when people need her most to be that voice of comfort and reason. Susan's also 50 pounds overweight. She's having diabetes. She is having sugar issues. She is having struggles with her health. And the one person that connects all of these things together is finding herself in a position where she needs help and she doesn't know where to go. My name is Nathan Gist. This is Fredericksburg Hypnosis. I'm going to have a conversation about how you can better your life through utilizing your own ability, resources, and skill sets, and by getting out of your own way. There's your introduction, and then there comes a conversation about hypnosis, what hypnosis is and isn't. Uh, I find myself as an unhypnotist, and what I mean by an unhypnotist is much of our day, we're on autopilot. The things that we see, the things that we do, the things that we think about, the things that we are just natural cycles or behaviors that we go into. Well, with that being the case, some of those things are healthy and some of these things are not. And so what I help to do is help people to deconstruct those things that aren't working for them and then to build back that confidence in a new and powerful way for themselves, utilizing the power of your mind, something you're already doing, but I can help you to teach you to do it in a more effective way. Boom. Nicely done. Which let's set some context for this. Like who would be some of the attendees at these meetings? Well, if you go to any networking meeting, there's about 15 real estate agents. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> which, in which, Northern Virginia, there was BNI, Business Networking International. And I believe yeah. that geographic area had more BNI chapters than anywhere else in, I believe, either the country or the world. And the reason is with BNI, there's only, uh, I'm going Highlander on this, there can be only one. Uh, there can be only one person serving a specific role. Yep. That's easy for us. And I say this without too much ego behind it. If there's a hypnotist already there, they're already probably inside of hypnotic business systems and listening to what I taught. Uh, but these chapters were created in Northern Virginia because of, I'm a realtor. I can't find a chapter. Rats. I'll start my own. Yeah. And it was a mixture of life insurance, realtor, mortgage broker. Uh, there's a moment in the group I was a member of that our mortgage broker, Bank of America, had a new policy about outside referrals. And even though we loved Mark, our mortgage guy in the chapter, because of his company's policies, he had to leave. And you realize that meant the next meeting, there were 12 mortgage brokers vying yep. for that spot. Yep. They didn't like when I said, is this going to become a cage match? <laughs> They didn't find is, that funny. <laughs> um, but the tallest and clearly strongest guy got the spot. So um, I guess there was. So real estate agents, like who, who else? Small businesses. Uh, and what was nice about that, too, is because of that being the case, hypnotic language, right? So I could talk about conversations, not just about getting your mindset right, but also sales processes. Uh, but if you're going to talk about the other people that are in there, I mean, there were people who were doing lots of the network marketing things, the people selling candles or the, the little essential oils. Uh, there was also people selling things like Legal Shield. I mean, yeah. pretty much any of the small business. Which Legal Shield kind of fits into that. Are they now Legal Shield? They were prepaid legal. Now they're Legal Shield. What is interesting is that they do allow like the MLM world into there, but they yeah. cannot promote become a partner, become part of my downline, they have to actually promote their actual services, the rule. Yeah. And, um, and like why, you said, that's why we kicked so about a dozen people out of the time. Well, here's the thing, and exactly what you just said, there's a variety, but everybody listened to what Nathan did there. And I recognize that pattern, by the way, but listen to that sequence. <laughs> and what's important to that is that's something that now everybody in that room can understand, oh, that's what he does. Yeah. 
Because can you talk about the mentality of turning those people also into your sales team? Yeah, very much. Because when all of a sudden they start seeing the results or they hear what this person can actually do. Now, as I was going through that, I'm sitting here thinking I haven't done that in probably a year or two (laughs) since I've done that. But it is one of these things where they now hear, okay, this is where the problem was and this is what uh, is is capable from it. And, And what I do appreciate, too, is that the people that I did work with, like you said, become the best boys. When all of a sudden, after the meeting's over, those little side conversations, you know, that hypnotist guy, is that, is that, is that real? And next thing you know, somebody's giving you a phone call and saying, hey, I heard about you in this meeting. And that gets out there. And that's, it's a really powerful way to promote your business and what you do. Yeah. So then talk about some of the results you were seeing then as, a, as an outcome of doing that. Yeah. Well, early on in the beginning, it, it, very much of it was... I really was trying to get those reviews. I mean, I knew that was going to be the most important thing, right? Social proof. And so I know, again, we talk about, like you said, the sexiness of, you know, set it and forget it and, and charging $500 a session and all those amazing things. And those things are fantastic. But if you're just starting out, I mean, those reviews are the most important thing that you can get. Testimonies, those things are gold. Uh, And so whatever I could do, whether I was doing a group hypnosis session with everybody so that I could get some reviews that were coming in or whether it was the one on one at a lower rate to get that review, that's really what I was going on. Now, you have to deliver, meaning you better do your very best and you better get the results out of the people. But it's very much about getting them to talk about it, because that's what began to create the momentum in the business to move forward and let it let it in some regards drive itself. Yeah, which there's something inside of what you said there around Correct me if this is if this kind of lines up. There's this willingness to kind of work through a specific tunnel that, okay, so here's this span of time. Here's how I'm going to be running the business mm-hmm. and almost embracing that it's not going to be this way the entire way through. Correct. But here's how I'm building the foundation. Yeah. And that, that really is because the way that you build that foundation isn't necessarily the way that you build the entire building, right? You got to set what's- uh, Nathan, what's... this is a hypnosis uh, podcast. We don't allow metaphors. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go on. Go on. Okay. Let me. Yeah. Steam. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so with that being the case, in the beginning, you're going to find yourself doing things that you probably wouldn't normally do. But as things continue on, that's when you can be, begin to expand and utilize all these other wonderful resources that are out there. Right. And the beginning, some people are very like myself. I was very much a generalist, meaning whatever came in the door, I'm, I'm going to work with. As time's gone on, there's certain things that I work with and certain things that I'm like, you know what, let me refer you to somebody else, just simply because this is more of an area that I have my expertise in. Yeah, that's a great thing to do to find, you know, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I'm good at. This is what I'm excited to go to the office for. Uh, we have to pull in Richard Nongard's line. I'm only going to work with the people I know I'm going to get five-star reviews from. <laughs> yeah, you know, I yeah. kind of get that. I mean, it's 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 why set yourself, and, and I heard it in the beginning too, because I remember somebody saying like, oh, you're just... A, and it wasn't necessarily me. It was just a conversation in one of the meetings that you, you had done where they're like, why would you just take the people that you know are going to be easy? And I'm like, why would you not <laughs> like, set, set yourself up for success just like you are your client? I mean, if you know you're going to get great results out of them, I mean, that's half the battle right there. Yeah. Now, something inside of what you just said there, too, I want to go back to of this window of time. And I think you and I've had this conversation and I'll kind of share something here briefly. I got my start with stage hypnosis. And the thing that made that work was this willingness to do things that were not that glamorous. Uh, So here's a time that I did book this big, amazing corporate event in Chicago. However, 
it was so much more fun to be at this moose lodge in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, the next night, which somehow I worked it in a way that I earned more. <laughs> it's like, it's a free show. I'll provide the tickets. We'll split the pro- proceeds, this, proceeds this way. Actually, for mm. them, they're like, oh, we're going to sell enough food and drinks. You just keep the ticket money. Like, Nice. You have to. <laughs> uh, but early on. And it was the willingness to kind of ask yourself, what is this going to serve for me? So I was doing that whole, you know, popular fundraiser split type setup with the school. And because of that, it was a no risk offer, which made it extremely enticing. And what happened as a result is here would be the school that would call up and go, hey, um, Jason, is it okay if we move the program to the gym because we've sold too many tickets and it's not going to fit in the auditorium? Nice. If you have to. And real numbers, they would have earned, based on how we worked that program, they would earn upwards of five or $6,000. And I'd be walking out with 3500 in cash because of how mm. we had set up the deal. Meanwhile, a week later, I'm driving round trip to Chattanooga, Tennessee, where they're going, hey, we forgot to put up the posters. Do you Can you reuse these? And I'm being polite and going, no need. When internally, I'm yelling at them going... They have your show's information. On <laughs> Nathan, I even put tape in the box. It couldn't have been oh, easier. <laughs> and I'm driving back with 200 bucks. However, let's throw the numbers into this dollar cost averaging, like they say in investing. Uh, on average, I was earning about 900 and up per program. But yeah. it was the willingness to kind of take that risk early on, which is how I got the big list of like 150 schools as the resume. And then I didn't have to do that ever again. Yeah. And, you know, the willingness, this this goes back, Groupon living social aren't as big as they used to be. Uh, but this is kind of the defense of that model to go, hey, if you've got more time than you've got money, here's a way to get really, really good at this really, really quickly. I'm curious to ask you, because I, I know more of the story, so I can lead with the questions better. A balance of how this is still technically a part-time thing for you, despite the fact it's going ex- exceptionally well. It's part-time. There's another career. There's also a family. Can you can you talk for a bit about creating the balance of three different worlds, more or less? Yeah, so I do. I, I have a, a full-time on, uh, on-air, so I work in radio. So for 17 years, I've been doing Christian radio, so I do a morning show. Uh, which is great because it helps me to at the midday I get to finish my day and then I get to take on some of the hypnosis and so typically I'm seeing one to maybe three clients a day if that during the weekdays sometimes on a Saturday um, and so balancing that out is really important and you're correct this is a part-time business for me and it's, it's always been so um, but I'm actually making more part-time in hypnosis than I am full-time the only reason I continue to do what I do is because I love it. I mean, the opportunity to speak to hundreds of thousands of people on multiple radio stations is really exciting for me. But also what I love about hypnosis is I get to do that one-on-one work, right? That change work that you get to see. I mean, I spend a lot of time in a padded room by myself. So... <laughs> Which is why we met. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's why Jason's like, we're doing this online. <laughs> now the family making sure too, because even though I'm doing full-time and part-time, I'm still working on average, you know, it's much shorter schedule than somebody who's going on, you know? And so I have no complaints with that. And I am very grateful for the type of work that I get to do. Um, as far as family, 
you know, you make sure that you make those commitments. I mean, there's certain days when I'm just not going to work. You know, my daughter's birthday is coming up soon and it's just like, I'm not seeing clients, uh, which is the beautiful part of being able to have your own business. Um, but also in the beginning though, and I want to be very clear about this, you're going to have to hustle. <laughs> you're going to have to move and take and do what you got to do, but also have that conversation with your family and say, look, you know, this is something that we get to do together in, in regards to we're, we're building this and make sure that you're including them as much as you can. Let them see what you do and, and be a part of it. Um, but also letting them know that, you know, especially in the beginning, there's going to be some sacrificing of time. So in those early days, how were you kind of creating that balance? How were you kind of, you know, setting that world up so it wasn't going to be too much, but still keeping things running? Specific days, like I would leave Sunday open or like for even now, I'll work Saturday, sometimes Saturday mornings, but that's it. The rest of the day is my family's. Um, I liked early on when having conversations with you, when you were said, you know, I would see people at this time and this time, I'd be able to let my kids take my kids to the bus and then be able to, you know, see them, tuck them in at night and that kind of thing. So I made sure I can't do the morning one because I, I do the show, but I was able to to be there with my kids in the evenings and the afternoons. And I, that's that's really special quality time. I mean, mine are young, so it's just, you're not going to get that back. You know, it's nice to make money, but you got to make sure that you have that time with them too. Yeah. That's beautiful. And, and you yeah. know, I keep talking about you, right? I please. <laughs> no, because the, the reality is, you know, we can look at what someone else is doing. There's something that I started to, you know, kind of drop as an idea into some of the trainings that I do because people would see the mechanisms as to what was Virginia hypnosis and how that was promoted. But then they would see how, okay, so with WorkSmart Hypnosis, that's this podcast, that's this training company, that's all the various events. And then here's a newer brand of things I've put out in the last two years or so. And I kept having to remind people that you always need to ask yourself, what audience is Jason speaking to? Because mm -hmm. to look at how one was promoted differently than the other was a very important thing. And I mean, let's call it out. Work smart hypnosis is all warm audience. It's people who are already engaging right. with this program, who are already engaging with webinars or smaller programs that then invite them into the bigger ones or involved with the trainings, as opposed to Virginia hypnosis was about indoctrinating people who did not yet know what this was and coming into this world. And I, I bring you up sometimes in that example because what people often put up on the pedestal of the full-time income, mm -hmm. I, I gave a talk to a company a while ago and they're like, can we have copies of your book? And I brought a whole bunch of copies of my book and they were going to buy them. And I'm like, hey guys, wait, uh, this thing is a love story to quitting your job and doing your own thing. Do you really want to give this to your staff? <laughs> and they're like, oh dear God, no, no. I'm like, okay, great. Let's right. put it back in the car. Right. So um, are they in frame on my camera here? We're, we're streaming this also in the Facebook group as we're recording the audio. I have a lot of books right now and that's why. <laughs> but you set kind of that tone. Uh, I'd throw Rick Paddock into the category too, because he launched a thing around hypnosis as a side hustle. We did a podcast a couple of weeks ago around the power of doing group self-hypnosis workshops to invite people into the full time. The reality is this doesn't have to be the only thing that you do. So yeah. can you talk a bit more about, you know, whether it's the passion of the other work that you do? Um, personally, mine is I like the three ring circus lifestyle that every day is a bit different than the other. Uh, yeah. what, what's kind of behind that for you of 
staying in both worlds with full intention, with full, you know, thought and not letting it be the, oh, I have to get rid of this one because I was burning out from theater and I, it had to be this. Um, yeah. can, you, can you chat about that a bit? Well, I, I think I think the next step, uh, kind of the evolution of this would be training and teaching. Uh, and that's something that I've had a heart to do for a long time. Like I taught in Thailand for about five years and, and I've done lots of workshops and seminars and groups and things along those lines, even within the, the companies that I work with now. And so I feel like that's going to be the next next part of this is the teaching. One, there's a lot of, I know right now our mental health industry is just pressed to the max. And because of that, it is an opportunity for us to bring in some new ways to one, help some of the helpers, but then also to implement some new things that they can utilize in their sessions as well. Uh, the other thing from that would be the products, right? That becomes the hopefully down the road, a little more of the set it and forget it. I understand the marketing things have to be part of that too, but it becomes more of, okay, this is something that I can make or do and make money off of without actually having to be there, right? Dollar for hours, that's tough. And, and, and the older my kids get, the more activities that we have find ourselves having to do. I'm thinking to myself, okay, how can I begin to not have to be somewhere, but let, be some, let something else be there to bring in that income as well? So teaching products and some of the speaking engagements I'm looking at as well, bigger audiences and helping in new ways with that too. Yeah. Just for those that don't yet fully know you, tell us more about the radio work. Sure. So I've, I've been in Christian radio for 17 years. I do a morning show. Um, it's syndicated to another station. And so region wise, we're kind of just outside DC for one station all the way down to about Williamsburg and another one in like the Lynchburg area as well. Uh, but it, it's, it's, it's fun, right? It's an opportunity to be encouraging and uplifting to people every single day. Uh, and, to, and so I get, to, I enjoy that. Like it's, it's excitement for me to watch people celebrate together good things, right? Like this world, we have so much of the division. We have so much of the fear mongering and all this stuff that's happening but to be able to be kind of a light source in that. So that's something that I really get to appreciate and enjoy. Um, but I love it too, because it goes hand in hand with what I do with hypnosis in the sense of you're trying to build people up, right? Like as a hypnotist, most of the times when somebody's coming in, it's because there's a reason, there's a story, there's an excuse, there's, there's something that's keeping somebody from doing what they want to do. And to be able to work with them and see those aha moments, to see them leave that baggage that they've been carrying around for so long and begin to walk free, like that's the thing that charges me. And so I just feel like that kind of that helping work has just, it's just a part of who I am and it's ticks all the boxes for me. I mean, there's times when I walk out of the radio station, I'm like, yes, like that was exactly what I'm looking for. And then there's times when I get out of a fest, out of a session, I'm like, yes, what else could you ask for in life than to help somebody break free of those chains and those things that have kept them held down for so long? I mean, I, I know I'm gonna get off my soapbox, but <laughs> I just, I really love the stuff we get to do. And that's also the, the reason why I haven't been able to just say, okay, I'm going to do this and just this, right? Like I'm not, I think you mentioned at one time early on, a lot of times when we make changes is because of a pain situation and I, I'm really enjoying where I am. <laughs> I want to add yeah. some more things to it, but it's just, it's just a really great place to be. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm really grateful. That's amazing. Congrats on that. And there, there's an obvious question that some people will now start to have in their mind around this world between, and we, we've had this chat before, and I've loved the insights that you've had around that, 
where, you know, there was a thread in someone else's Facebook group recently around how do you convince religious people that hypnosis is okay? And like my first response, I'm like, I'm not going to get involved because there's so yeah. many, there's so <laughs> many, well, there's so many presuppositions in the rather harsh way that the question was asked. So I'm like, clearly you have your own opinion and you're projecting an idea. Talk to us about just that, that balance, how the two may align, how the two may be of different worlds. What is it that you think people need to know in terms of understanding? If people are looking for a fight, there's nothing you can do with it. Now, what the heck is that right? supposed to mean? <laughs> Sorry, well, let me on, tell you on. something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't I don't get into that. You know what I mean? Like it's it's one of these things where it's it's the same way that I, I regard my faith in the sense of if somebody has questions and they generally want to have a conversation, I'm in. If you want to have a fight, you got to go find somebody else. That's not what I do. Um, and so, in the very beginning as well, I will say this: I had to have an understanding too of what hypnosis was and it, what it is and is not. It's the same conversations most of our clients call. Is this some kind of weird voodoo kind of whatever? No, it's neuroscience. It's learning how to utilize your brain and the patterns and the way certain things work in the first place. That hypnosis is in you know 90 to 95% of what we do. We're on autopilot. And so when we begin to understand that, yes, the name has a weird name and you can go back to the whole conversation about hypnosis or Oh, what did he want to call it? Monoideism. Uh, mono, monoideism, yeah. which I'm like, yeah, Very that's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does. It has a bad name. But in the same regards, when you think about faith, irregardless of what the religion is, you have people who are doing really, really great things. And then you have the weirdos down the street. <laughs> and if you think about who's going to get on the news, it's going to be the weirdos down the street. <laughs> weirdos down the street. That's why well, I can't I can't finish the sentence. Weirdos down the street. That's why I moved. Oh, wait, I'm in Florida. <laughs> 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 Again, Orlando is a different state. Well, sorry, you were sharing. I, I get yeah. that. I get that. And so when it comes to faith and, and hypnosis, I, I, I got to say, if I find somebody who is a Christian, then I'm able to in, in, infuse some of the language and I get to have a bit of that conversation. But if I have somebody who's not, I'm not going to sit there and judge them or anything. Like I've had people, they were literally registered pagans in the state. Like that's their religion and what they did. But I'm able to work with them because I'm looking for the best way for them to help to break through those things that they were dealing with and struggling with. Faith in all sincerity, irregardless of what it is, right? It's it's hopefully going to be something that's uplifting to somebody. I mean, if you're sitting there trying to battle and fight, I mean, really, you got to question what you're standing for in the first place. So there's a very specific moment in our history, and I don't know if you remember this, uh, and we'll leave out who it was, though there's nothing negative in his part. It was a comedy hypnotist who was doing a show at a comedy club where comedy club language would likely be used. And, you know, yep. I feel his show was appropriate given the location he was. And let's call it out. Um, Mr. Nathan Guest here is what we like to call a flopper, uh, a natural somnambulist. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, and was clearly there's a moment where... I forget if it was like the first training that uh, you came to with me or if it was like a meetup or I think it was. No, it was that one time we were doing a training and the old stage manager hat came into play and I was like, hey, yeah. let's see who else wants to come. And we rented a let's bus. Let's go. We rented a bus and brought 50 people. I think that was also the night we were texting the hypnotist backstage and going, Dave Elman's son's in the audience. Good luck tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and he responds. No pressure. <laughs> Oh, cool. Huh? Really? <laughs> but if I remember it right, you were 
like the deepest, most responsive volunteer up there. Every yeah. routine in this this man does a clearly original show, a lot of cool moments, but then launched into a sequence, which was the intro of... Now, for those of you out in the audience, brothers and sisters, we have members of an incredible congregation up here, and he launched into a routine, basically turning the volunteers into like the TV evangelist, and you're going to have to come up with a reason to ask the audience for money. And again, yeah. given his venue, given his location, it wasn't like he was doing this routine at the church. So venue, it's where, you know, I've had people one time in Vegas uh, say, I don't know why this person does the dirty show. It's like, well, it was promoted that way. <laughs> and if that offends you, um, don't go. There's so many other side stories I need to avoid by going into that one. <laughs> uh, but again... He was in a venue where that could have been appropriate. And I, I want to talk about this moment here. And yes, we're now rehashing something from seven years ago. Uh, but here you were as the most responsive person up there, deeply, profoundly hypnotized. And the bit was, he's going to hand the mic to the volunteers. They're now transformed into the TV evangelist. And they're now supposed to get up and, you know, speak to the congregation, the audience, as to why they need the money. And there was such a subtle moment. And, I, and I'll tell a very short version of this sometimes in a class now, um, and give your home address and tell them where you sleep. Uh, <laughs> but no, I'll tell a very short version of it to say, this is one of my best illustrations of how in a profoundly deep hypnotic state, we still have choice. We still have decision because you just kind of politely in that moment, Mike was put in your face and you just went something like, no thanks, or I'll pass on this one. And then here came the next routine and clearly, I'll call it out because I wasn't there. You weren't just playing along. You were back into the swing of things. Yeah. C can, you, can you talk about that moment if you recall it? Or did I just tell the whole thing for you? No, you know what? I talk about that quite a bit with people um, because, you know, we talk about how, you know, in, in hypnosis, you're not going to do anything that goes against your values, your morals, your ethics, who you are as a person, or even something you just think is silly that you don't want to do. Um, and I remember specifically being there because you're right. For me, he crossed the line. And now... And I had a choice in that moment, too. Was I going to be the guy who was going to be like, you know what, that's it. I'm walking off stage. I'm out of here because, you know, you're wrong. Or was it that subtlety like you talked about where I remember being deep in hypnosis. He said what he said. And there was something that was like, nope, that's not for me. And so I popped out. He did the routine. He did whatever he was going to do. And then he, when he was done, because I was enjoying it and having a great time, I was like, OK, I can play again. And so right back into the hypnosis, but I was very clear that that was just something that I'm just not going to be a part of. And that's why when Hollywood and comic books and all these things show, show this, you know, you, you have no control or whatever, it's just good to be, have that reassurance, especially from a personal story that says, look, there is a, a line with this stuff uh, that you do have control, but as a hypnotist, we get to kind of guide you through a process. And as long as that's agreeable to who you are and what you are looking to do, that's where you get the results from. Yeah, that's a great example of, you know, a story that helps to illustrate that. I forget who it was. I think it was Ron Esslinger who had a thing around, you want to see how this works? All right, close your eyes. Okay, now open your eyes. Now close your eyes. Now go stand on your hands in the corner. <laughs> oh, why aren't you doing it? Oh, <laughs> well, it's because you chose to follow one set of instructions. You chose to instead, you know, the, the reality is, and kind of goes back to if you have someone who's of a similar faith, you can, you can speak that language. Um, yeah. 
I'm hesitant to make this next correlation. It's the same reason why most of my clients now are positioned to be business people, entrepreneurs, people who are looking at becoming content creators and personality brands, because I can speak to that story explicitly now. And and it's where it's morphed into something that's one part, get over the emotional stuff that's in the way, but then it morphs into, wait, how'd you open that presentation? No, put the story over here instead. Uh, But that, that ability to have the personal, so thank you for sharing that. And you said something after that too, which was that there was almost an appreciation. So yes, in the moment, it wasn't something that aligned, but like when the group of everyone around that we brought to this event I think your commentary was, I can see why he would do a routine like that. And it's kind of like what you said earlier, because it's that smaller percentage that gives everyone else the bad name. Yeah. The same as, unfortunately, because the H word is so uh, enticing and intriguing, here comes some news story and it suddenly hits the mainstream media as something that's big, even though it was the hypnotist who got a parking ticket. <laughs> it's that one little yeah. thing to latch on to. And again, it's not everybody. Yeah. And I think that's important to remember. And, and there's, there's really amazing hypnotists that are doing extraordinary things. And there's, well, you go across, you name the profession. Somebody's doing fantastic in there. And there's other people that you're like, I don't even want to talk to them. About. <laughs> like, it's just... I'm realizing I haven't said my line for this in a while now. Uh, which was that, just remember, the person who cuts your hair could be a sociopath. So good luck next time. And on that note, uh, you were talking (laughs) earlier, you were talking earlier, and we kind of moved over to this theme here about how as we're working, we often begin as that generalist. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was always the generalist. I just kind of blew the dog whistle for a few specific issues. In In the shape of what you're doing now, has there emerged some sort of specialty, some sort of focus that now you're, you're becoming the most passionate about? Uh, you know, same thing that you kind of mentioned earlier. Like I, I want to make sure that I'm doing things that I get to enjoy. Uh, and so I do a little bit of a lot of things as well, but there are some things that I absolutely love. And one of them is working and working with people to let go of past issues. And so limiting beliefs about themselves, stress, those type of things. But also I begin working with traders uh, and that's one of the things I really enjoy as well. And then beginning to work with people when it comes to a wealth mindset Uh, for my for my own journey in life started out with extreme poverty in a lot of ways. And so being willing to step out of what I think about money and recognize that there's people who don't think the same way that I do <laughs> that are, you know, paying ridiculous amounts of money for things that I look at. And I'm like, that's just insane. Why would you do that? And then to realize that, Hey, the work that I'm doing is life-changing in some ways for some people charge. And so a bit of it would be, I guess, a wealth. I'm still kind of, feeling this thing out, but part of it is like a wealth mindset or get breaking poverty, scarcity, those kind of things. Because I think for a lot of people to do good, especially in, in the Christian community, I will say that too. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of times people believe that the less money you have, and they won't come out and say this, the less money you have, the more humble you are, more holy or whatever. And that's just not the case. Like, how do you help to build the schools and the orphanages and the churches and help to change lives and be a part and contributing to society or to the message that you're doing when you're just trying to get enough food to scrape by and get dinner or to pay the electric bill? 
Um, and I think that that much for a lot of people is a mindset that has to be rewired. You know, it's, it's limiting beliefs that just don't need to be there. So to sum that up, I'm sorry, I'm still working that thing out. Um, but it's an area that I'm working in now just simply because, you know, it's a message that feels need to be out there. It's, it's, it's like you mentioned earlier. It's like when we're believing in scarcity for hypnotists, right, everybody becomes your competition. But the reality is, what you say? The more people in hip, the more people doing hypnosis is the more people doing hypnosis. Yeah, the more we're and, all and successful, I, the more we're all successful. That you know, that's part of why I started training. It's like you know what's going to really help us to get better at this is that when there's more people out there with success stories. I mean, yeah. in, in the course of getting the office that still stands in Virginia, but now it's a rental property, and then making some improvements to our house so we can get it on the market and sell it in this crazy real estate market that we're currently inside of. Man, did you pick the right time. Well, that's why the original plan was, let's sell and let's do everything somewhere else and then come back. And then it came, well, we can do this all somewhere else. But I'd call it out, the man who was the contractor who did the work to renovate the office and then put in new floors and some minor fixes in our house so we could sell it on the market. I met him back to where we started this conversation, met him at a networking event And he was the one who stood up directly after me, perfect timing, and go, oh, good. I'm glad we finally have one of you here. My wife and I quit smoking with hypnosis like 15 years ago. Everybody schedule a one-to-one with this man. I'm sure he's amazing. (laughs) Like, thanks, David. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Volley that one to me. You, You mentioned, I'm going into business coach mindset here, and I know, and I'm going to use the wrong word here, and I have to use the wrong word because clearly... You know, I've, I've never gone too heavy in terms of like faith and belief systems on this sure. program. Yeah, we've uh, had fun with that in conversation. Well, 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 the closest, <laughs> well, I think I've told the story in a video somewhere that half of the family were Southern Baptist pig farmers and the other half of the family will now claim we're Jewish hmm. and emphasis on the ish. So I may use some of the wrong terminology, but there's sure. a movement of what's kind of being put into the category of the kingdom entrepreneur. Uh, which mm. is very much in the mindset of it's okay to become wealthy in the Christian mm-hmm. and Catholic faith. It's okay to do this because this is the impact you can now create. So you Correct. might do a search around those themes because now I'll call it out every business event I go to. That's a huge movement that that's growing. Uh, something that you just brought up there that I want to hear about uh, is the work with trading, work with traders. Can Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. So uh, I started trading, oh my goodness, I don't know how many years now, quite a few years ago. And beginning, it was just learning and figuring out how to do everything. Like I had a friend of mine and we went through and we were learning systems and he was just, I was, I was learning specifically the technicals of trading, but it was an interesting process. And as I was going through it, you know, you could learn the technique, but what was interesting and fascinating to me was the mind, <laughs> um, the mind uh, screw <laughs> that, that trading can do to you because you want to talk about something that could pull out all of your ugly, <laughs> all of your insecurity, and that is trading. Uh, and there's been a couple coaches that I specifically remember watching them teach people and they would hear, hear have people say, you know, if you're so good at this, you know, why are you teaching this, this system that you make all this uh, supposedly make all this money from? And then I love the guy's response because he's like, I can teach this to 100, 100 people in a room and maybe 10 or 15, well, I would say 10 or 15% would ever follow what I'm going to do. 
most people will get in their own way. Fear steps in, greed steps in. Uh, I think this, like there's all of these conversations that start to slip into somebody's mind. And next thing you know, this system that you know how to do, you are, you're in too long or you're, you're getting out too short. Like, like all of these issues that are showing up that we think are in a problem with the actual trade itself is actually coming from the psychology of the person. Listen, fear and greed can make you do some stuff that you never ever thought you would imagine you would do, even though you're literally some of my clients are talking about they're staring at the screen mm-hmm. you know, before we work together. And they're like, I can't push the button. Trading is the easiest thing you can possibly do in the world. Here's how you do it. You click the mouse and then you click it again. <laughs> like You're in the trade and you're outside of the trade. Now, all the other stuff that goes in with that, that's where the difficulty comes in. So the part that gets me really exciting is we're excited with working with traders is getting into the psychology of it. Right. Getting them to follow their rules, getting them to break free. Like I talked about scarcity, uh, even greed when that shows up for them. Right. Not only do I work with folks who have had that, you know, traumatic. I lost everything in this this one trade. I also have the people who I now have you know, a million dollars in my account that I didn't have before. How do I trade next? <laughs> and so being able to work with that and to keep them settled and centered with it is a, it's a really powerful uh, way to contribute and to make a difference because the other thing of it too, and, and this is what I want to get, I know I'm running into it, but is when somebody is trading, it's not just about the money. It's about the mental torment that they can put themselves in and their family and friends in as well in that process. And if that's not something that is taken care of early on in trading, I don't care how much money you make, you can still do a lot of damage. And uh, to be able to get ahead of that, I mean, that's that's a pretty special place to be. So then inside of that category, are there, just to get into the methods here, are there specific techniques that you're kind of finding to be reliable in terms of helping to resolve that? Or is it really a deal with what emerges type situation or are there are there go to's that you're often using there? It's a little bit of both uh, in the sense that there are some things that, you know, you need to do. Right. You need to make sure that you have a trading plan. You need to make sure that you're following rules. You got to have accountability and consequences. You got to take you know, you got to keep control of your P&L and those type of things. You're, you're, you know, and so that part is kind of your foundational stuff. The other side of it is the emotional. And like you said, what emerges because I don't know what that person's story is, but they do. Well, subconsciously they do. (laughs) Of course, that's also the fun part. I know you this too. When people show up and they're like, hey, here's my problem. And I'm like, maybe. (laughs) Let's find out. Jason Lynette here once again, and thank you so much for supporting this program for 350 episodes and many more to come down the path as well. Letting this become a continuous part of ongoing conversations in our industries, reading your reviews online, joining me in our programs, whether it's WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com or HypnoticBusinessSystems.com, or even better, also reaching out to our incredible guests, head over to WorkSmartHypnosis.com forward slash 350. That's where you'll find all the links to connect with Nathan. Stick around for next week. He'll be back again for the part two of this episode. Thanks everybody for listening. I'll see you all soon. Thanks for listening to the WorkSmart Hypnosis Podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com. Smart Hypnosis.com.